What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Everything Bagel Podcast. I'm Milo. And I'm Charlie. And this is episode 15. And today, we're going to talk about um, a lot of things. Um, Mm -hmm. As always. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So, first topic. Charlie, how was your backpacking trip? Um, Yeah, it was great. Um, So, in between the episode last week and this episode um i i went on a backpacking trip in the white mountains um it was um six days five nights and i hiked about 30 miles um you know 30 miles doesn't sound like that much because you know you could go to like disneyland and walk like 10 miles a day and and easy um but you got to think about it you're carrying everything on your back and you're climbing up mountains so um it was really fun Um, and it was a lot of work, but, um, super enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, How was your, how was your hammock? You said you were bringing your hammock. Did you, did you get any rain there? I thought it rained. Yeah, it, it rained one day, um, on the later half of the trip, which was good because that way my stuff wasn't wet, you know, the entire trip, but, um, my hammock was actually great. I have a rain tarp for it. Um, and, uh, it's actually really great for the rain because you're off the ground. So when you're on a tent, you know, you're on the ground. So if a puddle forms, you're going to get wet, but everything besides like the bottom of my, the bottom of my bag and my rain jacket stayed pretty dry. So that was great. Yeah, that's good. Mm -hmm. Uh, hiking or camping or really anything outdoors is not fun when you're raining and when it's raining and you're cold, you know, yeah, 40 degrees, 40 degrees and raining is practically worse than 20 degrees and snowing because when it's 20 degrees and snowing at least you're dry you know yeah yeah um it was colder up there i i I was looking at the weather um it was in the like low 40s wasn't it yeah um i it, it did get a little cold at night and when you were just standing around like waiting for your dinner to cook or something but while I while I was hiking during the day, it was fine, you know, because you're burning a lot of calories and making energy out of that. But it was definitely a little cooler in the night. And that made it hard because, you know, again, I have to carry everything on my back um, for multiple days. So you can't just bring your heavy winter jacket and to wear it once, you know. So you have to be a little um, a little more decisive on what you're going to bring. Um I brought I brought one short sleeve shirt, one long sleeve shirt, and then for like outer layers, I brought a rain jacket, and then I had like a a, a down puffer jacket that's kind of compressible, so that's what I wore. Um, but it did get it did definitely get cold when you were just standing around. Yeah, I remember the it was cold and rainy um, down by us and. Yeah, I fortunately didn't have to do anything, but um, yeah, it was it was not a pleasant day. No, and you know when you're waiting for your food to cook out of a bag and you know the food's just going to be subpar, it's not the best feeling in the world. Because um, because all all the meals, you know, for for lunch I did like um, I did like non cooked stuff, but for dinner I had freeze dried meals. And they were actually pretty good, but it was just, you know, food out of a bag, you know? 
what would what would you say your favorite frozen or freeze dried food was? Hmm. Well, generally the freeze dried foods that like um like come out as a stew are pretty good because then it's like kind of all saucy and like warm. So you just have to add hot water and that's all you have to do. Um, so I had chicken and dumplings one night and it wasn't like Asian dumplings. It was like Southern style yeah. dumplings, yeah. which is like, yeah. Um, for those of you who don't know, Southern style dumplings are like pretty much just like croutons covered in gravy kind of thing. They're um, like so soft, I had that though. with like, yeah, yeah, they're soft. Um, so I had that with like peas and carrots and chicken and that was, that was really good. And then I also had like a beef stew and that was good. Um, but you know, it wasn't, it, you know, it's as good as it can get out of a, you know, hot water cooked in a plastic bag. Yeah. I remember in like fifth grade for like veterans day, we had a, a veteran come in and he, he made like MREs and I tried it. I had meatballs I, I don't know if you were in my class mm-hmm, mm-hmm. no i don't think so um but yeah they were pretty good i that's that's what i remember from it yeah but you know the th- the thing that's so great about those meals is that they're everything you need in one package so you stay organized but it all again all you have to do is add hot water so you don't need to be cooking out of a big heavy pan so you don't need to bring a pan with you you really only need a spoon and you don't really need any cleaning stuff because you can just throw away the bag, you know, lick your spoon clean and you're all set. So really the only cooking stuff I had to bring was uh, a, it's called a jet boil, but it's just a portable stove to boil water and a spoon. And that's, that was it. So that definitely uh, cut down on my weight, which was great. Yeah. Yeah. I would think how much, how much did your bag weigh? Yes. So the general rule, um, or at least what I've heard, is that you sh- you you shouldn't have your bag over 25% of your body weight. Um, and that gets really hard, especially when you don't have like a resupply point for food, because food and water, it weighs a lot. So generally 25% is what you want to get. Um, and I reached that because we had a resupply point. Um, in the middle of the trip to restock on food and like get get rid of our trash and stuff. So my bag was sitting at around 35 pounds and I'm about 165 pounds. So it was actually pretty, it was, it was pretty light. It was good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just imagine um, when I like go on trips in the, in the airport, we have to like sometimes wait with our bags for a long time. And then I feel like that's very heavy. So I imagine just like carrying that, but for six days. Yeah, it, it it wasn't great, but at the same time, it felt good. It felt really nice to have that independence, to know everything that you need is on your pack, on your bag, and that you um, were ready for anything and you could take the variables. You know, it was, it was, it was really great to feel that independence. Um, you know, and just know that you could survive off the stuff on your pack and that you are, you know, you're not only living, but you're thriving and you're having fun. Yeah. You know, but backpacking in general is, is really fun. And I, I really think everyone should try it, should try it out. Um, and you, you can just rent stuff out from like EMS and stuff like that. You don't need to buy really expensive gear. You can just rent it out, try it out. 
Um, and I really, um, I really appreciated the experience and I think everyone should try to try it out. Yeah, it sounds fun. I would like to try it, but like, I don't know. I I don't know when and where. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. L- luckily, luckily the trip we took, it was, it was in the white mountains. Um, and it was in, on the Appalachian Trail and the Appalachian Trail, you know, you have people hiking that all the time the, you know, there are people, the Appalachian Trail goes from uh, Mount Springer, Georgia to Mount Katahdin, Maine. Um, it's like 2000 something miles and you have people that hike the whole thing at once. So there's always a lot of people on the trail. Um, and because of that, there has to be points where people can resupply their food. So the trail goes through towns and stuff. Um, so luckily the trail we took, it didn't go through towns, but it crossed roads. So that allowed people to, you know, if something went wrong, we, we were never more than like 15 miles ish from a town. Um, and if someone only wanted to do one or two nights, not the full trip, they could meet us along the way on a road crossing or leave halfway through, which a couple people did. Mm -hmm. Um, so it gave us a little more flexibility, but if you still wanted a nice long hike, it didn't really affect your experience at all. Yeah, another thing I would like to do is is road tripping. I feel like that's that's a very fun thing to do. I saw this idea once and like you choose like at the start of your road trip, you choose like a direction to go and then mm-hmm. you just do like a random like thing and you don't know where you're going to end up and you just like use like like Siri to like pick a number and that's like the exit you get off. And I feel like that would, that would be really fun. Yeah, I mean, it it definitely be interesting. You'd have to, uh, you'd have to be a little more malleable in your, um, you know, in your time slot, and it would be very unpredictable. But that that'd be a blast, like not knowing where you're going, but just kind of like stopping at whatever seems fun. And yeah. I think that would be a great experience. You'd have to put some trust into it, you know, well, I guess the opposite of trust, just kind of hope, um, hoping that it doesn't go super bad. But I think that would be a blast. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like everything is always like planned out with my family and we always are Mm -hmm. prepared for like everything. And this like is like the opposite. You don't even know where you're going. Right, Right. Yeah. Or like you can take a vacation and like throw a dart on a on the map and like see where you yeah. go or like do like a the like google earth random place thing yeah yeah that that actually might be a little bit better because that way you can plan for the trip like the trip is still random but you can plan for it because when you're when you're just going randomly um to places while on the trip you, you know you only have what you have with you in your car so that might limit you. But if you do that dartboard or, you know, um, feeling lucky on Google Earth, that, that might give you a little bit more time to plan and think while it's still being spontaneous. That way you can prepare for the situation that you're going to be in. Even if the situation was not in your control in the beginning, you can control it. Well, hmm, that doesn't make sense. Let me restart you know, e- even if you didn't choose where you're going to go, you can still, um, you know, you can you you have time to pack and plan for that trip. Yeah. 
Yeah, I I have Google Earth right here. Ooh, wanna not not that we're gonna go on the trip, but wanna see what we would yeah. have gone on if we were going to. Sure. I don't. I don't. Uh, okay. I have to download the latest version. How do I do random? Yeah. So I'm just installing Google Earth real quick to see where we would have gone. But do you have anything else you wanna add on? Um, to your yeah trip. Oh, to my trip. Uh, sure. Um, so so the the way we did it is we went on something called the Appalachian Trail, which I explained before. And along the Appalachian Trail, there are there are two types of shelters. There there are huts, and there are there there are shelters. And the huts are a little bigger. They're they're fully closed off. There's doors. There's usually a staff that feeds you um and there's usually like a little store where you can resupply stuff um and there's running water and stuff not not that it's like super nice there's there's no flush toilets but there's running water for like cooking and stuff um and you have to pay to get into those and those are closed right now because they're indoor facilities um because of covid but then there are other things called shelters and those are just kind of like three-sided on Adirondack shelters and that's and they're like campsites around there and we we camped along those campsites and they're probably every 10 or 15 miles or so um so we kind of planned our trip around trying to stay at those shelters every night and we didn't actually get to do that there's one night where we went a little slow because of the rain actually and we had to stay at a pond called Gordon Pond and it was in a very remote area, but when we woke up, it was, you know, beautiful pond with a marsh with big mountains in the background. It was actually quite picturesque. Um, but it was it was kind of cool to hop around from shelter to shelter because every little shelter had its own little thing, its own little flair. Um, and all the through hikers, which are the hikers that are hiking the entire Appalachian Trail, that's where they were staying. Um, and it was cool to hear stories from them and you know, um, they gave us some pointers for backpacking and it was, it was, um, really fun to see their perspective on how they're living the, you know, the next six months, um, on the trail. Yeah. That's a long hike. Yeah. A, a lot of people do something called a flip-flop where they will go, you know, from Georgia all the way up halfway and then go to Maine then, and, and then like take a break and then go to Maine and then go down halfway but, you know, the quote-unquote true through-hikers um, don't count that. Um, but the idea is most people start um, in the south um, in, in, like, March, and then they just kind of, like, chase spring. They chase the season of spring up north, and that way they have the nice, cool hiking weather all the way up. Um, but... You know, if if you have people, if you have family that lives in Maine, you might want to start up in Maine. That way, if you realize you are underprepared and you want to stop the hike, you can just go to your family's house, you know, um, because if you're in Georgia, then you realize you're unprepared. What are you going to do? You know, yeah. um, you don't you, you don't really have any money because you weren't planning to do that. You're going to hike and you're kind of stranded down there. <laughs> Yeah, but I I feel like it'd be a just an interesting way to live, you know, off your back for fun, um, and it's it's full of uh, a lot of fun culture and everything. Like there's something called uh, trail names, where pretty much if you're in a group that hikes the trail or if you meet someone along the trail, they'll give you a 
a, a name, like a fake name, a second identity. Um, because a, a lot of people that hike the trail are hiking it to, you know, I don't want to sound cliche, but to like find themselves and to figure out who they are. Or if you're like ex-military and you're trying to overcome PTSD or something. So a trail name is kind of a way to like detach yourself from who you are or who you were and try to transition into the new person. So there are some pretty funky trail names. Like there's um, a, a couple that their trail names were Wawa, like the gas station brand, and Puffin, like the bird. So, you know, they... They, they are given to you. You don't choose them, but that's just kind of an interesting bit of through hiking culture. Yeah. Okay. So I was using the Google earth application, but apparently I was just supposed to be using the web browser. So now I have <laughs> the, I'm feeling lucky thing. So okay, let's, okay. let's choose a, let's choose a place. Yeah. Okay. And uh, Milo, I'm going to cut in here. Okay. How about instead of you just telling me, how about I get like three clarifying guesses and then I'll try to choose and, and I'm probably not going to get it because it's very wide. It could be anywhere on earth. But after those three guesses, um, I'll try to choose and we'll just make a little game. Sure. Okay. Um, so three clarifying questions and they're going to be yes or no questions. Okay. All right. Um, my first question is it in the Northern Hemisphere? Yes. All right. Second question. Is it in Europe or like Europe or like um, Western Russia? It is in Europe. So, okay, yes. Okay. And last question. Ugh, I'm debating in between two questions. I feel like one of them's a little more broad than the other. I'm gonna go with the broad one. Is it on? Is it on the ocean? No. No. All right. That actually that that's. But it is. It is on an island. Give give you a little hint there. It's on an island, but it ain't no ocean. All right. But like, okay, a sea counts as the ocean. Yes. Okay. Okay. Huh. That doesn't that doesn't help. And it's in Europe? Yes. It's probably just some tiny island I've never heard of. Um, I'm trying to think of islands. But there are no there are no coasts on the exact place. It's inland. No, no, no. I understand. So it's like an island in fresh water. No, in, in the ocean. But you said it wasn't on the ocean. No, no, no. The island's on the ocean, but the actual place is not. Ah, it's not so like a it's port. like a call okay so it's a colony of a european country but it's still in europe and yes. the and the home country is it isn't on the ocean but this island is uh yes okay <laughs> that's that doesn't help <laughs> um uh i'll just make a random shot at it and i'm gonna Choose a lawn, a landlocked country, which is Hungary, and I'm gonna say that it is a Hungarian-controlled island in the Mediterranean Sea. 
Um, and that's that's my guess. Okay, so you would be a little <laughs> off. Yeah, well, that was a shot in the dark, so I'm not surprised. Doing a little research on this place. So, I don't know how to pronounce this correctly. Um, let me check. Oh, I was incorrect. It's it is on an ocean, I think. But you're you're oh. you're still you're still a little off. Okay, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. It was the 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 thing was a little off. It's so Fingold's cave in Scotland. I'm sorry. Hold up. I'm I'm not gonna Did you actually think Scotland was landlocked? No. No, I said that place, <laughs> that place. But then I did, I did another thing, and then it took me to that other, th- to this cave. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That's fine. <laughs> I was, I was totally, I was a little misled. Not, not by much. I was a little misled, but either way, I was totally off. Yeah, Fingal's cave is a sea cave on the uninhabited island of Straffa, in the inner Straffa. Or- Herbites of Scotland, known for its natural acoustics. The National Trust for Scotland owns the cave as part of a national nature reserve. Interesting. It's open right now. 24 hours. Um, I feel like Scotland would be interesting for a road trip. You know, it's it's an island, but it's a big enough island that you could definitely drive around in and... You know, usually European countries don't have huge RVs or huge trucks, but I think it'd be fun for, you know, maybe a smaller family. Yeah. Um, According to, like, a website, um, I don't remember which one, but I read this somewhere. A reliable source. Um, One of the, like, most beautiful roads is across Scotland and um, Ireland. Yes, Scotland is really pretty. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. So, um, speaking of speaking of road trips, um, th- there's a lot of different ways you you can do it. Um, you know, you can you can go in your car and rough it out and be cramped, or you can have like a an RV, or you can have one of those like trailer RVs that's hitched up to a truck. So, um, I guess my question for you, Milo, is what what style of road trip would you like to go on? Not necessarily just um, what vehicle you're taking, but also maybe, a, you know, a little what activities you're doing and what the goal of it is. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, I don't know about RVing. Um, I feel like mm-hmm. I feel like that's a lot of work and that's for like long road trips. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, I was talking to one of my coworkers at the pond that I work at and she's going on a two-month road trip where she actually bought a minivan with her friend and they're turning it into like a makeshift rv like they're putting a bed in it which oh that sounds fun yeah it sounds really fun and they're going like all across the country um yeah i feel like van life not minivan but you know like big van life i think that'd be pretty cool it'd be a lot of work but i think i think it'd be sick yeah, it really sounds fun. Um, yeah, so I, I think I would do something like that. Um, and I would, like, I, uh, one road I want to drive, like, the whole thing is Route 66 in 
mm-hmm. America. Um, and there are a lot of like tourist stops there. Um, does it go through the Grand Canyon? Do you go to the Grand Canyon? I don't know. It goes to, it goes to, so I, I've, I've been out there. A lot of Route 66 isn't actually a working road anymore. Um, it's just desert. Yeah. Um, but the, the parts that are, are still a road, um, it goes through Flagstaff, Arizona, which is probably like an hour away from the Grand Canyon. Yeah. Um, so that's like a city that you could definitely get to the Grand Canyon from. Yeah, I've been to the end of Route 66 or... No, my dad and my brother went to the end of Route 66 in California. Um, That's cool. Yeah, yeah I haven't done it that. ends at Santa Monica Pier, and which is a very nice pier. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very famous pier. Yes, it is. Yeah, well, I, I think for my trip, so there, there are kind of two types of RVs. As I said, there's the RV that's like you're driving it, like it's like a house on wheels. And then there's the RV where it's like a trailer. And it's it could be a really big trailer, but you can't be in it when you're driving. So I think I think the RV that you drive that like has it's like a house on wheels that you drive would be better because that way you can like be in it and like be in your home while driving around. Um, I think that'd be better. But I I think van life, as you said, that'd be really cool. Um, but I just the the other thing about an RV where a van looks more enticing is that that that's really big and it's really hard to like park it and that's why you see people with rvs they also have a trailer behind it that has a car in it or whatever um so i feel like maybe a van and then you have like a bike in it or a longboard in it that way you can like get to a store or something i think that'd be cool yeah yeah definitely i feel like you know trips in general are really fun because they always bring back really good memories and nostalgic feelings um but there's just like such a wide variety of trips you know there's you know we went from backpacking and roughing it out in the backcountry to you know kind of glamping um in an rv you know it's a really different world but it all really just has it all really just brings back good memories and you know there's nothing better than you know, going on summer vacations and having trips and, you know, it could be small, it could be big. It doesn't matter as long as you're having fun with your family or with your friends, that's all that counts. And obviously for us, summer's coming to an end and we're going to start school pretty soon. Um, some school sports have already started up, but um, I'm looking forward to the school year and all the fun that it has to come along with it. Yeah, definitely. Me too. Um yeah, just to switch topics a little here. Um, last or this past Monday was Labor Day. Um, mm-hmm. Did you do anything fun for Labor Day? Um, no, not really. Um, I went. I not that this has anything to do with Labor Day, but on Labor Day, I happened to go on. Um, I went on a hike with my or a walk with my family in a neighboring town, and it was actually really cool because it was an abandoned fairground, but now it's all forest, and um, there's a pond there that you can go swimming at, and there's this like abandoned like bike track, like bike racing track in the woods, which is kind of really cool, um, and you know there's obviously not like it's not creepy, it's not like there's torn up circus tents, but. It's kind of interesting to think, you know, what we see is forest with all these big trees, 
a hundred years ago was, you know, not forest at all. Um, and it's crazy how fast those trees grow and, um, stuff like that. But that, that was my Labor Day trip. Yeah. I also went hiking with my family. Um, we just went on a trail in our town. Um, yeah, we brought our dog, one of our dogs, um, and then we went and got ice cream at two different places. And Ooh. that was Did our, you do like a taste test? Yeah. And that was our big day out. Um Yeah. Sounds fun. Yeah, it was it was very fun. Um we went up to New Hampshire to taste some ice cream. It was it was pretty good. Um, yeah. That was my big day out. Um I finished my um college course that i was taking for music production cool yeah 12, 12 weeks you, uh, of a lot of work yeah that's a lot do you think you um learned a lot more than you were expecting to yeah yeah i didn't know what to expect and i came mm-hmm. out with a lot of knowledge and now i actually listen to music in a different way um and it's it's funny because like you don't notice these things until you've learned for right. 12 weeks about these things um yeah it's yeah it's always great to you know broaden your knowledge and uh you know open your brain to new possibilities and new learning yeah yeah i was i, I was um i had to write about uh different songs and i wrote probably like um four or five paragraphs about um mm-hmm songs and i was listening to the song digital love by daft punk i don't mm-hmm. know if you've i don't know if you heard it um, i don't yeah i've heard it yeah and so what was weird is i was doing research on it and um they i thought that like a little melody the hook at the beginning and throughout the whole song mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they actually sampled that from a 1979 song called i love you more by george duke and it's a very good song. It's like I would say like kinda soul, but like also like pop. It's it's a good song. I suggest you check it out. Um I was very oh, surprised. Well, I was very surprised by it. But it's like cool, an exact cool. sample. Oh. Yeah, it was uh, yeah, it was pretty pretty interesting. Yeah, sounds like it. Well, as you heard from that yawn, you know, we're we're recording pretty late, so I'm getting tired. So maybe maybe it's time to wrap it up. Yeah, I think so. It's like ten thirty at night. Um it's, we've been trying to record this episode for many days, but we've had yeah. technical difficulties. Wi Fi problems, timing problems, a little bit of everything. Yeah. So, um I think that's pretty much it for this episode. Um if you wanna, if you wanna do your, I I feel lucky on um, Google Earth. You could just go to, um, literally, just search up Google Earth online and use like the web browser, um, and you can email us where um, it sent you. Um, we might, and we might call you out on the next episode. We don't, we don't know. We don't know. Maybe. Yeah. So. Thank you all for listening. Uh, you can contact us at everythingbigoldpodcast23 at gmail.com for topics um, or comments. Uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Charlie, we want to add anything? 
No, uh, see you guys next week. Yeah, see you guys. Signing out. Bye, guys. Thank you.